Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Coming at you live from DNHQ in beautiful South Pasadena, this is the Blue Heaven Podcast. Almost. <laughs> What's going on, Dodgers Nation? My name is Clint. You can find me as Real FRG on Twitter and Instagram. That gentleman right there is the one, the only, the legendary, the delicious Doug McCain, DMAC underscore LA on Twitter and Instagram. Doug, how the hell are you doing? It is three sleeps. Is it three sleeps till uh, three opening sleeps. day? Three Let's sleeps. go. That's what's in. Clint, I'm doing better than great. We have Dodger baseball this week. Regular season Dodger baseball at Dodger Stadium. The dog days of spring training are coming to an end. I couldn't be more excited. Yeah, it, it's a special week it's here special week at here. Dodgers Nation. And here at 110studio.la, if you guys want to, if you need to make like a podcast, there's video stuff, there's there's audio stuff, everything you need here, visit 110studio.la. It's .la, not .com, .la, and you can learn more about working in this fine establishment but guys i'm not here to hawk a podcast studio uh to you i'm here to talk about dodger baseball we are going to do a dodgers news dump talk about every little thing that's going on with the dodgers right now uh speedy game times is the big thing dodgers finally came home to dodger stadium game was really quick kershaw talked about it so we'll talk a little about kershaw's uh kershaw's words and then the annual NL West preview, probably a little bit of a National League preview, but mainly NL West preview. we got more stuff coming up this week. Dodgers uh, analyst Jose Moda coming in the studio, so you're going to have a super mega preview with him coming up on Wednesday, so make sure you guys are staying tuned. Subscribe, youtube.com slash Dodgers Nation TV. Hit the bell, leave a like, leave a comment. All that kind of stuff really helps out the channel, and, the channel. and it, it justifies Doug's existence. It does. It really does. Basically. And let us know you guys are representing Dodgers Nation tonight. Drop it in the comments. Let us know your area codes. You got any questions, comments, concerns? Uh, let's get into some, uh, some of the comments here. What do we got? He said, the kids are back. That's from Batty Man Dodge. We got DKM opening days almost here. And I want to see some mariachis. Yeah, that's fire when they do that. We got Noah Cameras. Let's go. Oh Eric, beautiful blue love day in LA. Sal over on Facebook. There will be plenty of three plus hour games. Yeah, we're going to get into that very interesting topic currently in yeah. dodger land we've got back-to-back -back nate saying stop with the that's what's in hey that's a classic okay we got it's, maddie it's, man dodge says oh yeah we're saying it's, it's still we're, we're still not out of the old season completely so yeah it, we it's say it ironically i mean yeah, it mean, really does uh but yeah i mean fans are stoked i mean we got go blue we we live blue we got high chance that outman is named the starting center field that's from michael Carrillo. yeah we'll talk that's about that hope. james Outman hitting a dong in his first at bat at dodger <laughs> stadium changing his number 233 we'll get into that as well josh get ready for thursday <laughs> can't wait to miss three innings great just comment. to grab a beer great comment right there absolutely I mean, that, that is kind of the the big topic out of it feels like sunday's game was absolutely an outlier but it was a tough first game to have all of that coming together 
uh, for the first time at Dodger Stadium under the new lights, under all the blah, blah, blah. So let's look at um, some of the new lights and then and, and let's let's talk about uh, the the Dodgers news. But before we do, uh, here's here's the great, the incomparable Noah Cameras with a with a commercial for you. Look at that. Look at that beauty. Do you love listening to podcasts but don't know how to do it in your car? It's easy. First, make sure your phone's connected to your car's Bluetooth or has an aux cord to plug in. Next, open your podcast app like Apple Podcasts or Spotify and search for the podcast you want to listen to. Once you've found the podcast, hit play and adjust the volume on your car's audio system. And that's it. You're now listening to your favorite podcast in your car. No more boring commutes. Listen to your favorite podcast in your car. Enjoy the journey. <laughs> Such acting prowess from the great Noah Cameras. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Noah Cameras for a bunch of great Dodgers and Lakers, uh, I guess, thoughts. Are we calling him thoughts? Thoughts for your, your thoughts? <laughs> All right, let's talk about the huge news we did know last time we were live on Friday. If you missed that show, Noah just told you how you guys can listen to it. It's on Bluetooth. We could be in your car's ear holes and all that kind of stuff. But, yes, James Outman is on the opening day roster. We talked enough roster last week. The other thing is, yes, uh, oh, the big news, Miguel Vargas made it. Dave just forgot to tell him, apparently, which is funny as hell. But Andre Jackson does get that final spot in the bullpen, which, I mean – there was nobody better, quite literally, that was healthy in, in the uh, in of the available pitchers. But it's it's a great uh, you know great opportunity for for Andre Jackson. Yeah, big opportunity for him. And yeah, I think it's a funny story about Miguel Vargas. And really, that just tells you how much confidence they had that they just thought that, hey, you're just a guy now. You don't really not on the fringes of making this roster. But yeah, this roster has really been structured like we thought it was a week ago and everything really came and has taken shape. And now it's just about getting on the field. But yeah, Andre Jackson, a great opportunity for him. I think he's going to excel. I think the change up the fastball is going to definitely play. And I think that he's definitely what this team needs as far as the flexibility as a guy that can make some starts later. He can also come out of the bullpen, give him some multi-inning relief. So, yeah, yeah, really excited for him. Yeah, he's built up to 75 pitchers or so. And to start the season, you need that. Because one of these guys throws up a stinker. You know, they they have, what, six games to open the season before a day off? Five or six games. So uh, you don't want to completely, you know, blow your bullpen load right away to, to come out the gate. But the Outman news, the huge news on Thursday, he will no longer be number 77. You already talked about it, but give the people more. And I want to know your favorite number 33 of all time. In Dodger Blue, in Dodger Blue. In Dodger Blue, yeah. So James Outman, of course, that was kind of the news last night. And then we talked about how when you really choose that number, right? And he's had so much success with double-digit numbers. Went from 55 to 77, now to 33. So that's kind of the reason behind that. And I think it's big for James Outman because, one, it establishes, hey, I'm a dude. I'm here to stay. As far as my favorite, I know, well, first of all, I know who Roach's favorite 33 is of all time. And that Scotty is Scotty Van Slyke. Our guy, Scotty Van Slyke. But... Yeah, I mean, I remember when we first got Brian Jordan. I was really excited about that because oh, I would watch man. all those Braves games on TBS. But, yeah, a lot of people don't realize this, that Roy Campanella actually wore 33 for his rookie season in 1948. But, yeah, hopefully he can become another legendary number 33 Los Angeles athlete, maybe behind Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So And and other legends like Jason Grabowski, Ricky Ledeau. I love me. So, uh, hey, the, the Jason era was a terrible era. For Dodger fans, but it was it's fun. You know, sometimes you gotta go through the the heartache before good things happen. Like 
And Hopefully. About, and how about James this? Outman. Gary Ingram also wore 33 at one point, and he also hit a home run in his first major league at bat. So there's that connection. You have Blake DeWitt. I know you like Blake DeWitt. Oh, man. Everybody loves uh, Blake DeWitt. August 20th birthday. Just do it. The only reason I know Thank that you. is because a friend of mine who wanted to bang him, that was her birthday, too. <laughs> there you go. Story time. Good but, times. And it's cool. Eddie Murray, and, and, Eric Davis. And, and it, it, uh, you know, it shows like big leaguers don't wear number 77. Let's be real. 33 is a big league number. And it's cool that he was able to get it. You know, last worn by David Price. So the, the I, I guess Altman's going to have to start paying for minor league salaries at some point or something like that. <laughs> but but it's going to be cool. And you're going to see that officially on uh, on opening day. He still will be wearing 77 tonight and tomorrow, Tuesday, for the final spring training game. It's not really a Cactus League game, but for the final um, dress rehearsal. Yeah. Yeah. Know final dress rehearsal in Anaheim and a slime, if you will. But we already talked about it a little bit. Opening day ish happened at Dodger stadium on Sunday, the dress rehearsal there. Um, a lot of uh, dialogue coming out of that game. It was a very fast game. Kershaw was dealing. Uh, there's new lights. Uh, I know there's some opinion online. I share the opinion of the people online. The game broadcast looked very dark with the new led lights what is your take on the lights first as we go through these things slowly yeah i think the lights and that's going to take some getting used to because for me what makes going to see a game at dodger stadium special is those wedding gown white dodgers uniforms and they pop they're really bright and with it being darker it felt more like theater lighting i remember a few years ago at staples center remember what was called staple that was like 15 years ago Ooh, when those were the days. they switched to that that theater lighting where mm -hmm. and the only thing that was lit up was the court kind of reminded me something similar to that but yeah i mean i to me that one didn't bother me as much i think when you look at LA and Tinseltown they're trying to create that stage and I think kind of people get used to it for sure I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal yeah I mean we like to complain about anything uh, any changes that's what we do as a society it's complain and I wanted to complain a little bit a little bit about the lights you know I'm sure it's also still the first time they're playing I do agree with the the white jerseys will probably be it'll pop a little bit more than them spring training uh blues but uh the pitch clocks are a massive uh point of, of topic but there's also new food we got to talk about the new food real quick. I put out an article about that. They have a whole bunch of new food, so shout out Dodger Stadium uh, chef uh, Ryan Evans getting all the all the good the good eats there. Uh, but apparently, as you would expect, some people were having some trouble at Dodger Stadium with the food. Um, waiting in lines, things aren't going to be quite 100% dialed in yet. And if things aren't uh, perfect at the concession stands, I guess what the pitch clock and the short games. Now we're in game talk. Uh, a short game talk, two hour, eight minute game talk. Uh, people are going to be pretty upset about that. So let's talk lighting um, or not lighting. Let's talk. Let's talk pitch clock again. Two hour, eight minute game. Kershaw kind of he had some words about it and kind of joking. But at the same time, doing what Kershaw does, he's like, he doesn't want to be like, I don't like this. He's not trying to create a headline. But how fast was that game tonight? Here's a Kershaw quote. That was nuts. Nuts. It's getting what we want. The game was what two hours and whatever minutes. Hopefully they sell enough beer. And that's kind of like my jumping off point. I did a whole it started out as Kershaw's words, but then I went off on a rant in an article today. Check it out. DodgersNation.com. Hey, while you're on the Internet, subscribe here. But our fans getting ripped off. 
I mean, look, I think when I watched that game, I think first thing the fans need to realize that that's not normal. It was a 3 nothing game. It was a spring training game. You had shorter commercials, and that was two hours and eight minutes. So far during spring training, the games have averaged two hours and 41 minutes. But for me, I was watching that game, and I went to get a Coke Zero, and I come back, and it's like the ninth inning already. I mean, that game was, was faster than a rumor at a junior high school. I mean, that thing was just lightning quick, and I think it just didn't feel like the baseball that we've become used to in the last few years. I mean, we've been accustomed to seeing a game that really is the timeless game where you have a lot of tension building in between pitches. You have a lot of really just downtime. Now, I think as far as a viewing experience, though, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy the urgency, the fact that it did feel like a crisp kind of swift pace to it. So I liked it. But if I was a consumer and I paid a hefty amount of money to get to a Dodger game <coughs> and I show up and it takes longer to find my car in the Dodger Stadium parking lot than it does to actually watch the game itself, then I think I'm going to take issue with it because a part of the baseball game that's kind of separate to a Lakers game or a football game where you're always just locked in and zeroed in on the action on the field yeah. is you do have those sidebar conversations. You do enjoy things in the crowd, whether it be hitting a beach ball or the wave or just kind of all the little intricacies that make baseball unique. I think the faster the game is, it's going to take away from that just a little bit. And the first thing that popped into my mind is every time you hear a great story from Vin Scully, and it always felt yeah. like Vin Scully knew the perfect amount of time to get whatever it may be, whether it be the history of beards when he's talking about Justin Turner. <laughs> Would we know as much Vin Scully stories if he broadcasted in this yeah. era We have a shorter time span in between pitches? I mean, they know or they say we know some of the elderly folks watching the game, like myself, I'm elderly, but the older folks watching in a generation past know the games were shorter back then. They have become longer with more commercials and all the the bs and hoopla going on but um you know vin was able to tell the stories back then but i, I agree with i enjoyed the era of of really letting the stories kind of eat and, and it was vin he was a master of the game let him tell his stories with some foul balls and all that kind of stuff um i know one of the things you had asked him never at spring training uh, like they, people talk, keep talking about the the players getting affected by this, but what about the broadcasters? And that's kind of what he told you, right? It was like yeah. worrying about like when to tell a story, or if him and him and Rick Monday are in the middle of something and the game, the innings just over. Like, oh, I guess that's that's the end of that story now. Yeah, and that's why it's it's the diff most difficult sport to broadcast because with it's hockey, you're just doing the action. Football, the action. Basketball. Mm. Well, part of the the what makes baseball such a beautiful <laughs> game is we learn so many unique things about these players, their backstory and everything that's in between. But yeah, I think the biggest thing I want to see is look if it's you're gonna have traffic. That's the reality of Los Angeles, right? There's traffic. It's gonna be difficult to be in your seats by first pitch. I mean, if I'm dropping a bag on tickets and I'm getting my into my first into my seat in the second or third inning then i want to go get a beer a hot dog yeah. and then i miss you're, you're, an inning and a half i mean i think there is a point where the consumer is impacted so look back in the 70s earlier in dodger baseball you had later start times you had 7 30 at eight o'clock start times i think that's what i would push for if i were the dodgers as far as kind of catering to their fans because it's an yeah. experience and i think some people some fans some families would not be okay with that but for the greater enjoyment of the game and getting butts in the seats on time i agree that's that would be the the better play like at at the earliest of 7 30 game time here in la it's still bright and sunny and beautiful all all season long essentially you're going to be in a good spot if you show up 20 minutes later or the game starts 20 minutes later and potentially you know 
get people actually because Kershaw even talked about that. You know, somebody asked him like, you know, when are Dodger fans going to arrive now? The 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 old uh, adage of Dodger fans arrive in the third, leave leaving the yeah. the sixth or whatever. It's like I don't know, fans might get here in the sixth inning, and then he was like, oh, I better backtrack on that a little bit. But yeah, fans are paying more than ever for tickets for a family to get to the ball game. And it just feels like a lot is being a lot of opportunity at the ballpark is being taken away from them. I'll say like us covering the game. This is glorious. Like the beat writers absolutely love this because either way, you know, the game could last four hours or 28 minutes. You're still doing the same job. It's just the amount of time that you're going to be there, be stuck there. So there's a lot. I mean, and I'm already seeing some of the, the discourse here in the, in the comments, you know, there is some back and forth on it. Like, um, Coach714 here on YouTube says the clock, uh, the pitch clock is the best thing they did in 15 years. Maddie Man 5 Dodge says they'll come to a happy medium in time and enough complaints. You know, Kershaw did mention too, it's like, I think there's going to be a lot of frustration when it's a, a big moment. You know, you, you got a runner on second base, it's the seventh inning, the game is on the line and you get a, a pitch clock violation, that's going to be a thing. But that's, you know, that's the violation side. That's going to be another whole issue. If we're talking about fan experience right now, that's another whole yeah. can of worms. But that's a part of the fan experience, right? I went to a game where Kershaw had a pitch violation, and it cost the Dodgers the game. I can only imagine what it would have been like if Kenley Jansen was having a difficult time <laughs> adjusting to getting the ball out quicker, shorting up his routine. If he lost the game on a pitch clock violation, there would be hell to pay for the Kenley Forney adventure. But I think that as a product, to me, that's what I'm focused on. And the bottom line that what it comes down to is what is best for the overall growth of Major League Baseball and it is shorter game times because that makes it a more digestible product, which hopefully will continue to build fans, especially in future generations. And that's what it's all about. I mean, that's why Major League Baseball wants more action. That's why they want a shorter game. But look, I mean, the reality is like, if, if I asked you, you said, hey, do you want less Dodger baseball? I don't think anyone would say no, but the reality is it's just kind of tightening things up yeah, in that, between. It's not like the, they're going to seven innings or anything. Yeah, that's the, that's the hard part of it. Is it's like, it's literally the same amount of baseball. Yeah. Each team has their 27 hours. And if we're going into extra innings, it's going to be the same amount of outs that would have happened in that inning. It's just everything else in between, which is absolutely a lot of fluff. But I I think everybody watching the game, I think, uh, you know, on TV, media, like I said, there's the only people getting hurt by this is people paying gobs of money to go to the ballpark and you're saying you're going to miss at best a half an inning, but probably an inning to go take a piss and then get a beer and a Dodger dog or whatever. You know, I love Kershaw saying that. Hopefully they sell enough beer. Like this is going to directly impact beer sales or concessions money because, you know, beer is turned off in the seventh inning or whatever. They decide that people can't drink there because of, oh, drunk driving laws or whatever. But <laughs> no, I think, look, I would feel really good right now. Bureaucrats. If I, if I no, exactly. Right? <laughs> no, look, the way to fix this is this one thing they should do. And I've proposed this to the city of Los Angeles for years is we need a Dodger lane around this entire <laughs> cities where it's just a lane where if you have tickets to the Dodger games it gives you a direct route into Dodger Stadium you avoid that traffic but also the concession guys the Roger Owenses of the world hopefully they send more concession guys down those aisles so people they don't always want to go and wait in those lines so yeah I am thinking about it from the fans perspective I'm thinking about it from the league's perspective and I think people are going to adjust and it's going to be a known thing hey if you got tickets to the Dodger game you better tell your boss you're leaving a few hours early you better leave a little earlier you better get in those seats but the natural thing is Dodger Stadium, even if you get there earlier, it's not conducive to getting in your seats quickly. 
So that's going to be a struggle. And it will be a topic Fans for sure. need to watch your parking guy. That's what it is. Watch All of the, the tips and secrets you need to get to your seat on time, hosted by D. McCain over here. A is for void. <laughs> a is for void. The greatest parking guide in our generation. <laughs> hey, shout out uh, producer Noise by Noel, that fool Neil over there, reminding us that... <laughs> Hey, t- turn on, turn on your uh, your headset there. We're gonna put you on the screen. This is one of our our. Oh, that's the wrong button. This is uh, <laughs> what 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 he's on the screen on, now. This this producer uh, Noel. Hey, we got we got the uh, the free Uber coming up for Open Day, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, we do, we do. What what are all the details on that that you remember or that yeah. you know? <laughs> all I know is that we love covering the Dodgers over here, and they want to look out for us. So they're gonna hook us up with some free Uber rides. Make sure we go catch that first game. So check check it out. Uh, we'll have an article up on the side check about that. Uh, you know, if you're drunk at the game, they're they're they don't want people to get in accidents at at uh, Dodger Stadium and coming from Dodger. Stadium yes, and and, uh, and and I think it's particularly for opening day so the details will be on DodgersNation.com but there is the legendary Noel you guys know him from the, the TikTok and all the other places <laughs> and he's Yo. got he's got a giant in a roaring stadium Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. He has a giant taco salad behind him right there. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Back to y'all, man. Back to y'all. <laughs> Back to you in the studio. Look at that. Throw it. Put He's him on the easy, spot. What is it called again? Uh, those are those are the easy uh, the, the foam runners. The foam runners. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like if you took a pair of Crocs and put it in the microwave and you microwaved it. You get the <laughs> anyway. All right, let's get into more of the comments here. Uh, DKM says now I got to buy food early or maybe just uh, everything before the game. I don't want to go back to my seat and see it's already over. There was a comment we had on um, on DodgersNation.com. Check it out. We're on the internet. But uh, somebody called the uh, the radio post game show and they were you know a few people were complaining about it. Uh, said several people said they lost two innings to either going to the bathroom or getting a Dodger dog one said that one fan said they gave up because the lines were too long two hours and eight minutes too quick of a game two and a half hours should be about the minimum in in this person's opinion I agree yeah two two eight is an absolute outlier we even had some games you know in in the regular era that short um it's just it was just bad that it happened to be this first game. <laughs> yeah, that first game. I think anyone that went there was a little shocked. But hey, like if you look at the way soccer games are, if you go to like any like Premier League soccer game or anything like that, you'll <laughs> notice that the stadium is literally completely empty like two minutes before the actual game starts because everyone's getting their drinks, getting their food. And then once the game starts, people stay in their seat for the entire game. So I think that's where you're going to see it more is people will stay in their seat for longer. I think they're going to find a way to be more efficient with the concession guys going up and down. But yeah, I mean, no one wants to miss 
just a lot of baseball action. Also, too, you think about it from the the home field advantage standpoint, too. With the Dodgers, they're one of the few teams in Major League Baseball. I mean, they, they drew almost 4 million fans last season. Yeah. And having butts in the seats, it creates a better atmosphere, gets that adrenaline going. And that definitely is an advantage for the team. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting because we know at the end of the day, no one is better at maximizing their dollar than the Dodgers. And if the Dodgers see a decline in beer sales, if they see a decline in food sales, they're going to find a way to try to circumvent this in some capacity. I'm telling you, man. They're going to have guys up and down that the beer salesman yeah, guys up really and down they really need non-stop. to bring those people back because they, they've reduced the amount of you know people going up and down. And I understand that. You know, there's kind of still... This whole COVID thing existing, it doesn't. It didn't just magically go away, so I can understand. But yeah. it, it, what's the difference between going there or standing under a concourse where there's less ventilation? I'd rather have, so I'd rather grab some other guy's weenie than have <laughs> go grab it from the concession. <laughs> wait, what? Wait, hold on. Wow. Talking about the hot dog, Dodger dog. It's Great. Now we're demonetized. What do you got? Oh, we got a, we got a. What's it called? We got a, we got something in here. I'm seeing pointing. What do you got? It looks like we got a super chat. Let's go! There we go. Where is it at? Where is that thing? Oh, I see it right here. I got you. You got me, got me? Yeah, I got you right here. Mr. Rasa Jr. 23, appreciate you as always. What up, fellas? Been missing the BH podcast live due to work. We need a DoorDash type of service at the stadium. Hashtag go Dodgers. Mr. Rasa, appreciate you. Love the hell out of you. They tried to do something like that. Yeah, they did. At one point, and I think it was a massive failure. Yeah, it just didn't work out, all the logistics of it, but yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't think it's gonna be. It's gonna be something where I think. I think you're just gonna see people get the games earlier, and they're gonna just know. I mean, there was a time when they didn't have the seventh inning cutoff for for beer sales, right? Mm-hmm. And then people adjusted. People are gonna know and do what I do. I mean, just have one one big tall can that gets you wasted and torched no, you, anyway. You're you know? a big time double fister. What are you talking I'm about? I'm a pretty big double fister. Chuck yeah. McCain. Chuck McCain here. Thanks for rocking with us. But anyways, there are all the thoughts on on. Uh, the game times and and it's it's going to be a work in progress i'm pretty sure we're going to end up with like a three-hour game on opening day just because of how how much uh dialogue this whole thing uh cost us uh, in the first first preseason game or whatever but let's move on we got to talk about the actual season about the national league west about uh the dodgers trying to either retain that nls crown for the what would it be 10th year in 11 years 10 of 11 is that where we're at i don't know i'm bad at numbers bad at math um but uh that's right dodgers didn't do as many moves as the padres as people well know so i wanted to break it down a little bit with you the the uh the mlb.com put out their pre their final preseason power rankings padres are number three on that list dodgers are number four on that list and of course you have uh, everybody's everybody's pretty hard on the 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 astros still uh just they are coming off a world series apparently a lot more legitimate than the last one they won uh, allegedly um elsewhere on the list giants are at 20 demon bat uh, demon backs diamond oh, that's, that's kind of place <laughs> diamond backs at uh 21 and the rockies all the way down at number 28 in the power rankings which feels about right but give me some thoughts we just want to go down this i think i think we should yeah. do this in order of the alphabet which is made out of numbers and words that works talk arizona let me know they're 14 and 14 so far in in spring training we don't put too much stock in spring training numbers and results but what do you think about these uh diamondbacks what can uh what can fans expect out of the diamondbacks in the nl west 
I think the Diamondbacks are going to surprise some people this year. To me, they're the National League's version of the Orioles, where you have some top-end talent coming through their system. Corbin Carroll, Don't he's the guy Corbin that Carroll. fastest guy in the league. I mean, he was dominant, really, in his cup of coffee last year with the Diamondbacks. And he's a guy that he's going to be a star. There's no question about it. And you look at the front of their rotation. You have Zach Gallon, you have Merrill Kelly. Those two guys, they're solid. But after that, it drops off pretty significantly. Their lineup, I mean, I think it was pretty interesting that they signed Long. Goria, they traded for Kyle Lewis. If you look at some of the other moves they made, I mean, I think Cattell Marte is a guy that is always going to be solid at the top of that lineup. So I don't think they're going to be a bottom feeder by any stretch. You also have that third wild card team. So if they can get close, maybe they make a run at the postseason. And there's a lot of people excited down in Arizona. So I don't think they're a contender. It's to me, it's a two horse race. There's no question about that between the Padres and the Dodgers. But Arizona is going to be a pesky team that's going to win a lot of games that some teams won't be the world. They are going to shock some teams with how many games they are going to win. I mean, I like the move. I mean, you got Lori's Goriel, Josh Rojas, Christian yeah, they Walker made, they can made, go deep. They made uh, the, the big trade when they sent Varsho. Away. Varsho that was yeah. that was that was um, good for both teams, to be honest. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think... As I derail you for no reason, sorry about oh, that. Oh, no, I mean, no, I think... <laughs> no, I agree 100%. I think for a lot of fans out there, they're wondering, so what are these Diamondbacks doing? Are they looking to rebuild and tear down, or are they going to try to win now? And you saw, you bring in some veterans, and just because you think that, yeah, they're not going to be World Series contenders, veterans can help some of those younger guys. And yeah. like, they're a team that needed a bat that could hit against left-handed pitching. That's why I thought Justin Turner actually made some sense for the Diamondbacks. But, yeah, they're young, they're exciting, they're building but i think they're building for 2024 and they're not going to be contenders for 2023 i think zach gallon is someone who if you look at the last third of the season last half of the season him and julio urias really were the two yeah. best pitchers in the national league i think he's a guy that could vie for the nl Cy young award galentine's day is big time down there <laughs> yeah i mean in they arizona have, they have some intriguing pieces with gallon with with merrill kelly who was of course uh, a a kind of one of the team usa aces because no pitchers wanted to pitch for team usa Mad madison bumgarner still exists um yeah he's he's old now yeah. <laughs> and he hasn't been great in a while that he you know he's had a good spring but didn't put together a fantastic year last year era just under uh just under five but really the 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 big one is i think this team goes as far as as corbin carroll takes them because that dude is is um the 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 rule changes are conducive to him being worth every penny of that extension he got yeah i'd be shocked if he doesn't win the national league rookie of the year i think miguel vargas is some is going to surprise some people and make a name for himself for the non-dodger fans out there but corbin carroll is electric and you look at this team you mentioned madison bumgarner he's basically been a bum for the arizona diamondbacks by the way fun fact he actually dated someone named madison bumgarner <laughs> at one point go look it up if you don't Bruh. believe me and look to me this diamondbacks team they are a 78 to 82 win team yeah. and that's something you feel good about if you're arizona because look you're saying to yourself we can allow our young talent to develop we can allow some of these other guys to try to make strides we can develop guys to trade and flip for pieces as well and then you let the padres and the dodgers duke it out and they know the padres aren't sustainable so yeah, yeah i mean i think the diamondbacks 2024 and beyond they're going to replace the padres as the top contender in the nl west hot other, take other than the dodgers uh, well yeah, yeah still hot take 
Hey, Woo. I'm just saying they got Spike, talent. No, it's a good it's a good team. I think the the biggest thing that's going to hold them back is is pitching, is relief pitching in particular. But um, you know, they also signed. I think you mentioned it. If not, Evan Longoria, yeah. like you said, bringing that that veteran leadership there. If Cattell Marte can get back to you know what got him his contract extension, it's an intriguing team, and it's a team that you wouldn't be super surprised to see them. Uh, you know, be better than the Giants in the NL West, or possibly oh, yeah. even challenge to get as good as you know second place. That would that would everything would need to go right for this team. But with the talent, with the names they have, you know, Christian Walker has a good season and and drives in a bunch of dudes. And and you know, Carroll really establishes himself as a uh, you know as the rookie of the year front runner that he probably is. Um, He's going to score a bunch of runs. It's a good-looking team. It's a good-looking team, but probably not better than the Dodgers and the Padres. That ain't happening. Moving on, Colorado. Not very much to say about the Colorado Rockies, as usual. They're going to be a bad team. Uh, like I said, 28th on the um, MLB uh, power rankings at the moment. <laughs> Is that too high? <laughs> yeah. They are a terrible, terrible team. Uh, the Chris Bryant trade keeps looking worse and worse. I don't know. Give, Say something good about the Colorado Rockies. It's their 30th anniversary. The patch looks nice. I mean, to me, they're going to be the non-competitive <laughs> Colorado Rockies this season. Yeah. I think they probably win under 70 games this year. I think really stands out to me is they didn't make one free agent signing. One free agent signing, and Chris Bryant he wasn't healthy. He didn't have a great year. He was supposed to be a guy that was going to lift them and really try to help them improve. And look, I mean, what I'm looking at is Herman Marquez is a guy that a lot of teams out there would be very interested in. He's not your top 10 to 15, 20 guy, but I mean, a lot of people have that Colorado mm -hmm. curse and most people, their career trends upward when they leave Colorado. Just ask my boy, Yancy Almonte, Yancy Almonte, right? So yeah, I think they're a team that they're just not going to be competitive. I mean, I think they're interested. I mean, Freeland is a guy who also is an interesting name too but it's so hard to be a, exist as a pitcher and have to pitch in colorado 81 times a year not that they all pitch 81 times a year but yeah and also yeah, too i mean like tough. i think it kind of just i mean coors field of course is a circus right i mean it's oh, the yeah. worst place i mean place. i like the dmv more than i like coors field <laughs> but um every year we go there and some dodger pitcher gives up 16 runs in a game and Somebody has heart issues or whatever the hell happens. I hate everything about Coors Field with, with every fiber of my being. Yeah, no, for sure. And the thing, too, if you're Colorado, is it's tough, too. I mean, if you see, if you looked at last season, they, they're a team that's kind of stuck. I mean, they're stuck in the basement, and they're really a bottom feeder in this division. And they are seeing the Diamondbacks improve with their young talent. They haven't been able to have that same level of success. I mean, look at that roster. I mean, it's a lot of guys that... I mean, the Moustakas, Castro, Jones, Connor Siebold, Pierce Johnson, Brad Hand. I mean, the names on that uh, on that roster are really, I mean, for a team that is going to lose probably 90-plus games, yeah, it's definitely something that I wouldn't be excited about if I was a Rockies fan for sure. Moving on, uh, who's next up in the letters? We're, we're going to skip the Dodgers. We talk about them a lot. Let's go to San Diego, and we'll give a quick preview because we are going to end this uh, this segment with our, our predictions, our NOS predictions. Sarah Morris already beat us to it. She's got hers. Friend of the show in here says, National League West will be Dodgers, Padres, D-backs, Giants, and Rockies. It looks like a good pull. Looks like maybe that's how I might do it too, but we'll get more on that in a little bit. Tell me about these uh, these Padres. 
So, of course, the Padres, that's the sexy pick. I mean, I'm calling them the paper champion Padres because everyone wants to give them this division. But to me, it's like the Dodgers are Coke and they're Pepsi, right? Pepsi because you don't have a Coke, right? I mean, everyone wants to go with this trendy next generation. Look, don't get me wrong. Their one through four is ridiculous. So, to me, once Fernando Tatis Jr. comes back, I think... He's a guy that can hit 40 home runs in a season. His career high, I mean, they're projecting Hitler on 37. So he's a guy that's going to lift them. And I think what I'm looking at, too, is the – so you can point out the positives, right? Xander Bogarts, he's fantastic. And that was a great signing by them. He had 307 last year. Guy you were very high on this offseason. I mean, Xander Bogarts I thought was a very interesting name because I think anyone can use his bat. Yes, defensively, that's not why you sign him. Defensively, he leaves a lot to be desired, and especially with the restriction on the shift, you're not going to be able to put him in spots where you can make it easier for him but he had 307 last year he is a guy that can easily have an 800 plus OPS hit 20 home runs I think Xander is going to be big the X-Men but I think Juan Soto is the is a name that we know is a superstar and last year he had 236 with the Padres but I think he's gonna have a monster year I see him have an OPS 950 to a thousand I think he hits 30 home runs if you look at his hard contact numbers last year his career low BABIP he is ready to break out mm -hmm. to another stratosphere so Manny Machado too I know a lot of Dodger fans have their issues with Manny Machado but look he's a guy that has grown up before our eyes I mean he yes. was a boy with the Dodgers he's a man he's a man man Manny the man Machado down there and I think what really impresses me is remember when Bob Melvin had that meeting that really lit a fire under them Manny Machado is the guy that organized the meeting the next day with the players they really just crystallized everything they mm -hmm. talked about and he's truly the leader to me he's the heart and soul of that team but after those one through four guys you don't have a crazy amount of depth there is not a lot of margin for well, error yeah well it that's yeah the 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 depth part is the the scary part and it's kind of the same same issue with the Dodgers if you keep everybody healthy and on the field the Padres are and and they're gelling the way you would expect the Padres are a very good team because you know you you add in you know Nelson Cruz who could always find a way to get some runs in uh we got our boy uh Hassan Kim probably going to be hitting ninth for the team Jake Cronenworth uh, uh, an all-star is their their second uh, is their first baseman now they finally rid of the the terror of Eric Hosmer and Will Myers yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's a good looking ball club. And then, yeah, you mix in. I mean, defense is going to be tough, especially in the outfield, because, you know, I mean, Trent Grisham, they stay as a good outfielder. He's won a gold glove. I've also seen him boot plenty of balls. Shout out his Brewer days. Um, but Fernando Tatis Jr. is just a bad outfielder. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. Uh, defensively, he hasn't just found that spot. But, I mean, look, I mean, we'll see how he responds. Of course, the PEDs, you can't spell Padres without PED. And he's going to be back. Bruh. And I think you mentioned Trent Grisham. It was interesting to see him break out early on the postseason. But last year, he hit 184. He didn't have a hit in the NLCS. You mentioned Hassan Kim. He improved a lot, the Hassan Kim chance out and down, oh, out down there in kid. san diego but oh, and he he's a guy that his opportunities are going to be more limited now of course you have jay cronenworth you're going to have xander bogarts cronenworth is a guy who his numbers his production level has gone down he had 17 bombs last year all to right field but i think if you look at this lineup yes it's a big four 
There's no question about it. But from a depth perspective, you look up and down that lineup, it's not very deep. They're really not that deep. And that's, to me, what separates the Dodgers versus the Padres is the Dodgers, they have the depth down down in the up-and-coming players. How about this? You know the crazy stat? Here's a crazy stat. They don't have one home. You know the last homegrown position oh, player? Oh, it's been so long. The last homegrown position player that made the all-star team for the Padres was Tony Gwynn. Bruh. The last homegrown pitcher was Jake Peavy to make an all-star team. I didn't know it was Gwynn on the Isn't position that player. That is, that is absolutely You compare insane. that to the Dodgers, Miguel Vargas, James Altman, young players are coming up. Gavin Stone, I think, is going to have a big impact. So this Padres team, we'll see. Also, I thought it was an interesting addition of Matt Carpenter, who's going to be playing the outfield. He had an 1138 yeah, OPS. As I was saying, the, the outfield for that team, you know, it really is Grisham covering a lot of ground, but go ahead. Yeah, so I think lineup-wise, they're definitely stacked at the top. I don't think they have the depth that the Dodgers have, but still, if those one through four guys rig, they'll find contributions. They'll be fine when it comes to scoring runs. Now, another thing, too, that I question if I'm going to poke holes in the Padres is that starting rotation because, yes, there's a lot of really solid quality. You got you Darvish. Yeah, there's some, there's, it's, it's laden with number two, number three guys, Yeah, which is great to have. It's great to have, but does that play up in the postseason? I mean, we know you, Darvish, if he's on, he can be virtually unhittable. And you see some of those other guys. I just really want to throw it out there. That's not a diss on the Padres. You would love to have five number twos instead of one number one and three fours, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Like they're in a, they're in a good spot, and they have some dudes that are that that can come up and help along the way. Um, I mean, Morahone isn't even in the rotation at this point, and they've been off and on about whether or not he's going to be uh, somebody that's in there. Um, the Michael Waka signing was was pretty intriguing because it sounds like they're going to go six man rotation for a, a good part of the year, at least to open the season. But anyways, I keep derailing. No, you. no, ahead. absolutely. No, I, that's a great point on the more home because he's a guy that has an electric fastball mm -hmm. that hasn't really completely realized his potential. But I think Joe Musgrove is a guy who's really solid. We've seen him improve. <laughs> as he's long just, as he, when he knows how to use his kettlebells, he's solid. Use those kettlebells, <laughs> you know, get that sticky watch, stuff off his them, ears, the shiniest ears, you know, great control. That cutter's really taking him to a whole new level. And then when it comes to high variance and a big wild card, how about Austin Barnes' son, Blake Snellzilla? I mean, when Snellzilla is on, that slider is wicked. It's filthy. But he's only pitched 130 innings once in his seven-year career. So he's not a guy that you can... I mean, think about where he is at from his age standpoint. He's pretty much pitching the same amount of innings as Clayton mm. Kershaw is in his current state, right? So, yeah, I question their, the back of their rotation. I mean... Lugo is a guy that could play up for them. I mean, Nick Mar Martinez is a guy that I think is a solid sleeper pick in a sense as far as uh, his ability. I mean, but I just don't let I me mean, look at the they don't have the upside that the Dodgers potentially have with their younger pitchers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Dodgers are if, if things were if all was was the way it was supposed to be, you wouldn't be having Pepio. We, we wouldn't be expecting very much from Stone this year. But hey, we haven't even mentioned Bobby Miller. But those are three dudes that are kind of the the depth. Like I, I feel very confident about the Dodgers starting pitching. And I, I think they're the Padres are like one guy away from really just throwing off their entire game plan. Um, 
Of uh, this great comment here, by the way, Mr. Rasa Jr. Twenty Three, the Padres are Pepsi Zero. <laughs> it great, Pepsi it, it works even better because like we're it. a Coke Zero family. Exactly, here. CZ. But yeah, another <laughs> point I want to make too, Clint, was that so look at some of these players that signed with the Dodgers this offseason. You got the Noah Syndergaards, the JD Martinez's. Jason Hayward said the reason why he went to the Dodgers because he was the first team that called. Well, t players usually get better when they put on that Dodger uniform, whether it's a aging veteran that's trying to get his career back on track or it's a young prospect trying to realize his potential the Dodgers get 110 percent out of their players whereas the Padres you don't see that same level of development are they truly going to maximize the talent that they have that's another question I haven't I know I probably sound like I'm being a Homer Simpson on this and I'm hating on the Padres I think the Padres have the potential to win the World Series I absolutely yeah. do but if I did have to poke holes this is the areas that I would look at because <coughs> Preller he loves brand names he loves star he power but it's about building on the margins and if you want to talk about their bullpen a little bit Josh Hader a lot of fans had the Haterade when he was struggling early on he really found it I mean tweaked yes. those mechanics he got back to his dominant self I think that turns out to be a really nice move for them and then we saw Suarez we saw he got hurt by the way he's opening the season yeah. on the IL uh, officially today you know Drew Pom Pomerantz we don't know when he's ever gonna be yeah. like alive again uh Craig Stammen just retired yeah, you know, there there are some there are some issues there in the bullpen, but when you you're able to anchor with with Hader, who's coming off of that 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 big resurgence, he had a great four months as a big leaguer last year, and then uh, turned to diarrhea for a couple of months, <laughs> yeah. and is a free agent after this year, if I'm not mistaken. So he's playing for something. Yep. Um, anyway, yeah, no, I, I like their bullpen. I really do. I think their bullpen as a position group. I would not be surprised to see Seth Lugo end up in the bullpen at some point. By the way. Yeah, I mean, he really hasn't <laughs> been a full-time starter since 2017. Yeah, yeah. And also gives them that dimension with the curveball, too. So 96 yeah. wins over under. Ooh, that's a really good one. It's the Padres. Something always happens, Something. Right? I mean, we know how good they were supposed to be in, I what, think if I had to predict, I would say, like, 96 on the dot. But I, I'm going to just go ahead and have to say under so I can root against them all year. <laughs> <laughs> you guys heard it here second, uh, folks. But they, to me, they look like a 96-win team. Let's see, let's see. We've been uh, bad about the comments here. Here we go. Um, I like this Noah one. Noah says Padres get low 90s wins. What do you got? Oh, this, I just like – I saw Danny Duffy – um, oh, Pomeranzas, the day yeah. equals Danny Duffy. Great <laughs> one there by Benny Mad Dodge. Uh, Joseph ba ba Babatata? Makunama Babatata says, uh, sorry, I butchered your name, but I tried. Joseph says, hey, we're going to rake this year. Anthony Keene, our friend, says, uh, <laughs> we all know a San Diego team ain't doing a damn thing. Ooh. Hey, I didn't say it. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to look for some Padres-specific Mike Lerma says payers took a pay cut to play for the Dodgers. Padres overpaid. The Padres have been paying a lot of money. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Peter Seidler there, but I want to work for him because he's just like, hey, you showed up today. Here's some money. No, he's, <laughs> you exist. Yeah. You he, could be here for six more years. How old are you? I don't care. And it's so short-sighted, too. It's so short-sighted. Yeah. They know that there's pretty. it's pretty unlikely yeah, that they're going nice. to be able to retain Juan Soto, right? And they think so, they might have a chance at Shohei Otani. But we know that in baseball, it's the names that aren't the big-time names, or else the Angels would have won a couple World Series, right, with the Mike Trouts and the Shohei Otanis. But the Padres realize that this window with their franchise 
it's not a big wide one. It's not like mm -hmm. the, but that same token, the Dodgers, they get that one World Series during that stretch. So really, if they can go and they win their very first World Series title, it will all be worth it to this franchise. I just don't see it. I mean, I think they're a team that could very well win the NL West, and that lineup could be one of the most ferocious one through four that we've seen in the history of the game. But yeah, I do have my doubts about the overall construction. And to me, what comes down to dominant starting pitching too, I mean, do you really trust that Joe Musgrove, you Darvish, and Blake Snell to just take you through an entire World Series run. I mean, you saw last year the Astros I mean, had better contributions. Snell's kind of done it. I mean, they've all kind of done it in different ways, but not all the way through. Mus Musgrove maybe, but he wasn't a huge part of that Astros team in 17 that at least I can recall. I like to block out the bad as yeah. best I can. But Snell, we've seen him dominate in the World Series until Kevin Cash you know, literally takes balls out of his uh groinal area <laughs> groinal and um uh you darvish you know if if trash cans aren't being banged who knows what kind of legend he would be in dodger yeah. lore so they've there have been uh, times too where it's been no soup no soup for you at times during his career when he hasn't really found it but also too that if they need to address something during the season that farm system has been that's gutted. the big one right it there. gave away everything yeah. right i mean that team has been gutted. So if they have needs they have to address, they're not going to have ex like let's say a Corbin Burns gets the uh, heads to the market. Let's say a Shohei Otani becomes a, a player they want to shop. They don't have the assets for that at this point because they went all in. They took all that money out of that four hundred one k. They used it up for Juan Soto. So that's another thing too. What you see is what you're going to get early on for this Padres team. It's not like they have a lot of the Gavin Stones down there. Guys are going to come up and have a big impact. So I definitely trust the depth of the Dodgers organization versus this Padres team, but I do think it's admirable. I really like the fact that they are not afraid of the Dodgers, that they are a mid-market that's spending S like a big market. S trying to slay the dragon back-to-back -back years. Let's go. Trying to go. slay the dragon. They that, that is what is in, they say. A <laughs> couple of comments here I wanted to I wanted to point out because we're getting some love in here from Miguel Rojas, and I wanted to say, so we just uh, a little bit ago filmed uh, our bold predictions for, for the season, the, the, the boys here in the office, so keep keep tubed in for that and uh, we're also going to drop an article about it but i was really close to saying that not that it's a huge bold prediction but i think i think people are going to be incredibly shocked and surprised by how good of a season miguel rojas is going to put up for these dodgers i just i i feel uh, very good about where his mind is at like we know what we're going to get on defense it's elite it's it's fun it's sexy looking defense but the bat's going to be there for miggy Rowe. but i don't want to talk too much about that you can talk to uh Jose Moda about more Miguel Rojas this week. I just appreciate the love in here that Miggy Rose is going to be a dog. Rebecca saying it, and uh, there was somebody else who who said it. Seth Gribble said Miggy Rose going to be a dog this year. Keep this as a receipt, and we will. Uh, he he going to be good. All right, final one in the NLS preview: San Francisco Giants. They're fourteen fourteen, very mid so far this spring. Spring numbers mean nothing. Um, what do you like? What do you hate about these Giants besides the fact that they're the Giants? I mean, the Giants, they went big game hunting this offseason. They had Carlos Correa for seven days. <laughs> Shot and missed. They had Arson Judge for seven minutes, and they thought the world Great had day. turned, that the Giants were. <laughs> John Heyman ran from the world. At a, at he did. A, he including did. us at the winter meetings. He's not going to be allowed in San Francisco anytime soon. But, yeah, this Giants team, it He's told you. He's a lot, by the way. He definitely... <laughs> 
Definitely does. But anyway, sorry. Um, no, I think with this Giants team that even though they didn't make those moves, it told you what they were doing. It was a window, a glimpse into what Farhan Zaidi was trying to accomplish. Is one to win, they need another star. They needed an anchor like an Aaron Judge, like a Carlos Correa, but also from a branding standpoint, an entertainment value standpoint, attendance has been down up in San Francisco, unless they're playing the Dodgers when they fill up all yeah. those seats at Dodger Stadium North. But if you look at their rotation, Logan Webb, of course, strikeout numbers went down a little last year, but he has that elite ground ball rate, one of the best in the league, doesn't allow a lot of home runs, sinker slider pitch to contact. We saw the success he had in 2021. He's a top 25 pitcher, but after that, it's a pretty massive drop off. You got Cobb, you got Sean Manaya. Sean yeah. Manaya, you got yeah, Ross it's, Stripling it's, and Alex Wood. It's a rotation of fours and fives. <laughs> it, I mean, it really, it, there's no way to Solid sugarcoat dudes. it. I mean, Logan Webb is a is a two, maybe like a one B at, at his best. He pitches like a one, pitches like an ace against the Dodgers anytime he gets that chance. But the the, the pitching, yeah, it's it's filled with a lot of just na- randos. No, absolutely. I mean, Dude, just, just some jags. Yeah, and also, too, the success they were having last year, you had Carlos Rodon from a strikeout rate standpoint, from a dominant standpoint. They had That's that horse, loss. and he's gone. Ross Stripling is a guy who, Love look, we, yeah, Ross Best the boss friend. Stripling. I mean, I think Stripling has really improved in the in the amount of how he's reduced that forcing fastball usage. You, you saw him use more changeup, but, yeah, I mean, not a lot of plus pitches. I mean, I think when you look at this rotation, it's like a guy, I mean, it's just, I mean, they're showing up to this NOS, and they're definitely, I mean, right above they're right above the the Rockies. I mean, they really are. I mean, even that. I mean, if you look at the other elite teams around the league, you got Logan Webb, who, like we said, has established himself as like a top 20, 25 pitcher. But other than that, it's a big drop off. It's like yeah. you show up to like a black tie event and everyone's wearing tuxedos and you're wearing like a Canadian tuxedo or you're wearing like a T-shirt tuxedo or something <laughs> like that. I mean, they just don't fit in. Shout with out the better to my rotations. friend Hamilton on that one, by the way. He's a big time uh, tuxedo, tuxedo shirt guy. Is he? Oh, yeah. I love the tuxedo shirt guy. <laughs> Anyway, good times. But yeah, and then you look at their offense, their lineup. I mean, I think I'm calling him Consolation Conforto because that's really what he was. He was a consolation prize after they weren't able to land some of their big fish. And he's a guy that if he's right, he absolutely can hit 30 home runs. He gets on base at a nice clip. And if he has a nice year, Mm -hmm. we know he's going to opt out and the Giants won't re-sign him. Then Mitch Hanniger. I mean, yeah, that was a good addition. Somebody the Dodgers were looking at at one point. Yeah. got some pop, but inconsistent up and down career so far. I mean, so many injuries. I mean, yeah. he, he literally had an injury where he ruptured his testicle. Okay, so. I was going to talk about that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, his career's been nuts. So, Content warning. I mean, <laughs> but he was worth almost four. Got him. He, he, got was, him. he was worth almost four <laughs> wins in 2018. So there's that. You look at that bullpen. This is another point I want to make about the San Francisco Giants. That bullpen, when it was so successful in 2021, they didn't get a lot of strikeouts. Even Dubon is like 28, is it, below average strikeout rate, right? Lots of ground balls. They really sacrificed strikeout for putting the ball in play, but inducing a lot of soft contact. So the bullpen isn't great. The starting rotation after Logan Webb is a giant drop-off. And then lineup-wise, they just don't have those no. pieces up and down that lineup. Even if they signed a Carlos Correa or an Aaron Judge, I think they would still have their issues. And look, Farhan Zaidi, we know what he wants to do. He wants to be a bargain hunter. He wants to go dumpster diving. And at some point, you collect a lot of these dumpster diving pieces. I mean, it's like it, it catches up to you. It really does. I mean, anytime you start a – the problem with collecting things is it's tough to turn it off. 
right? I mean, you end yeah. up with like like five thousand bobbleheads, right? Just because you keep collecting, keep or, collecting, or like like with the Giants, they have uh, six or seven outfielders they need to try to figure out how to play. Yeah, that's um, a great point. That, that's none of them are exceptional, really. You only have one DH spot, um, and you know your your best infielder is old man Brandon Crawford, who could still get it done, but. They also just tried to push him off to the side to sign Carlos Correa. So I don't, you don't know where his mindset is at exactly. Yeah, it's it's not a it's not a great uh, roster by any stretch of the imagination. No, it definitely is not. I mean, we and, thought, and it's looking more and more like that. That 2021 was just absolute magic and every possible thing that could go right going right over 162 games. No, absolutely. I mean, 2021, they were San Francisco. We know that at this point. And I don't know how many goats they threw into the bay or whatever <laughs> they did in the, the cheating lab up in there. No, I'm just playing. But like this Giants team, I think they're really due for they, they need to build the way the Dodgers build is where you're developing a pipeline of talent and you're seeing the success. But yeah, they need a star. And it was just such a huge blow because, like I said, they had Arson Judge for seven minutes. I think the Carlos Correa move, I think a lot of people were clowning that, the fact that they basically pulled the rug on that. And I think maybe they could have dodged a bullet in the long run. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I think this Giants team, they're not going to contend. I think at the very best, they're going to be the third best team in the NL West. At the very best. That's a good point. Well, there's there's your your preview. What do you got? What do you got? You got something in there? There's a super chat. Did I miss a super chat? Yeah, yeah, we got one. Oh Shout man, out. let's go! Shout out the man, Kevin Yuhas. Kevin, I missed you, buddy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So he gave us five dollars, and he wants to know if Gavin Lux doesn't bounce back from his injury over the next two years. What are our options at shortstop? Oh man, there are very few. And thank you for the super chat. I appreciate you. Thank you, Noel, for reading. Yeah, that I, fine super chat comment. Yeah, I mean, look, they're really banking on the fact that Gavin Lux can come back and produce. But I mean, the reality is there's not those big name shortstops out there and there's really not going to be any of those big guys on the market. We know Willie Adamas, of course, he's going to be a free agent after next season. Tim Anderson is going to be a free agent after the 2024 season. He has that club option. But really, you're going to have to build from within. And yeah, that's why I think this Dodgers team is going to probably prefer going a glove first shortstop until one of those big names becomes available. And that's why we saw the Dodgers go after a Seager, and they didn't really have a chance with Trey Turner. But, yeah, Francisco Lindor even a few years ago because they realized that the market was going to dry yeah. up pretty quickly. Dansby Swanson's got out to a slow start in Chicago. I still think that I'm okay with them not signing him yeah, to that deal. But, that. yeah. I think there's also a reason why they, they extended Rojas already. Yeah, that was before, well before the uh, the Lux uh, injury happened, but it was in the event a hey, Lux doesn't work out some way, shape, or form. We have this guy. He signed for two years after I forget is or just yeah, the one yeah, year. So one year. So he's one year. So he's he's kind of the insurance in a way, but um, it's thin. <laughs> Willie Adamas, step on up. <laughs> yeah, we I know mean, the Brewers aren't good at at keeping their uh, keeping their guys happy over there. Yeah, I mean, if they look, I think the thing with Willie Adamas is the Dodgers are going to see how look, let's 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 make one thing clear. The Dodgers, they benefited from the shift more than any team in Major League Baseball. They literally had the lowest BABIP in the league, had the lowest batting average against in the league from 2015 till now. And we're going to see without that advantage that the Dodgers had, they're going to place value on defenders. So yeah. I think that's what you're going to see. And I think that's another reason why, look, you look at a someone like a. Uh, Xander Bogarts, a guy defensively was 
definitely trending in the wrong direction. But that's why I don't think they were very aggressive. But, yeah, it's tough. I mean, shortstops are tough to find. They're almost like having a good quarterback. You definitely want a good shortstop out there. And hopefully Gavin Lux does come back. I think from an ACL injury at this age, I still think from a range standpoint, he'll be, okay. he'll be fine. I think for him it's just proving that he can hit at the level that we all know he's capable of. And I think he can do that. So, yeah, it definitely gets dicey. I mean, you don't – I know a lot of Dodger fans in the past were thinking, oh, maybe Jacob Amaya could get his opportunity. I think defensively there's no question that he could have done it. But hitting big league pitching is just a different story. So we'll see. I mean, I'm sure there's other names, too, that will emerge. Yeah. And yeah. that's there's a lot of time between now and next year yeah. somehow. But yeah, I mean, for, I mean Brandon Crawford. I mean, that's a name that's going to oh, be a free agent. I, I, I mean, I don't there's think just that happen. yeah. I mean, hey, UCLA guy, you say, yeah, but um, uh, there are some, there are some. There's just not that many names available on the market. So yeah, that's why it's a premium position, guys. I'm telling you, if you get a shortstop, you can find one. You can keep them on the same token. I mean, the history has told us that shortstop after the age of 30. Their defense regresses. Their offense regresses. And it's hey, not the best position to give $300 million to. The, the Dodgers are the best at maximizing bad shortstops. Right now, they have an elite shortstop. And I think, a great point. I think Rojas can make up the ground that is lost with the the absence of the, the shift. But he's gonna we're, we're going to be uh, kind of okay-ish with him for the next couple of years um, until they just grow a new shortstop. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, absolutely. And like it's next not year, additive at all. I mean, one thing I was thinking about too is if they don't bring back Max Muncy, which I think they will, because I think he's gonna have a really good he's year. He's got to be a Dodger for life. Yeah, he wants to be a Dodger for life. I mean, we talked to him about that extension. He was saying, "Hey, I hope for something that's longer than that." But let's just say hypothetically, as a thought exercise, that they go in a different direction with Max Muncy. You could always either trade for Tim Anderson, sign Tim Anderson. If uh, trade for him and then sign him, and then you can move Miguel Vargas to third. You could even put Gavin Lux at short and then Tim Anderson at second, where he played in the World Baseball Classic. So I think it'd be a, some mixing and matching there. But yeah, don't kid yourself. I mean, that is very top of mind for the Dodgers when it comes to who's going to be the shortstop of the future. And that's why they had a lot invested into Gavin Lux. And that's the one thing about this team. I mean, you can't foresee injuries. And that was a major blow to this team because they felt with full confidence that he could be that guy. But, yeah, I mean, you know what's another name people talk to me about? They're like, hey, Doug, we should go get, get Javi Baez out oh, there. I've seen that, and yeah. I just try to ignore that with, like, every fiber of my eyeballs, Yeah, whatever he, that means. He has an opt-out. He has an opt-out. So, Brian going anywhere. Yeah. Paul DeYoung's another guy. He had put head for power early on. He kind of feels like a reclamation. Yeah, give me, give me one legged, uh, give me one legged Gavin Lux instead. Yeah. Lux is by, he's, he's hanging out with the club. By the way, he says he's already. I saw he's he already losing, killing him or something. Yeah, right? he's already losing his mind. So yeah, shout out said. to Gavin. Hey, he's going to be in L.A. for all the home games. Maybe we can get him to crutch his way into the office. Finally, get that interview that we've oh. been trying to get with him for the last. <laughs> what you've been trying to get him for the last like year. Hey, we got him on the when he was coming out. He talked to us a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. And he also got him not the same. Destroyed his knee. Yeah, I know, right? Not the same vibe. Hassan Kim is a guy who has a a mutual option. Yeah, for you the guys really got him season. on the. I feel like this is gonna be a dugout real soon. Don't get the wheels turning on this kind of stuff, guys. <laughs> Bust out the rumor meter. What's that Dodger dog meter? How many Micheladas full are there? I think you had the best take on it is that Gavin Lux is going to be fine. He's going to be the guy. And he's going to be the guy until he's further noise. They're going to figure it out. All right, NL West. Hold on, let me from stop drinking so we can use this as a clip. NL West at outcome. Of, all right, one more take. 
NOS outcome predictions right now. So me, then you, I'm doing five through one. This is how I think the National League West is going to shake out in 2023. Colorado's all the way down at the basement because they're trash. San Francisco, I just I don't think all those pieces fit together well. Could be wrong, but I'm going to put them in fourth place, which means Arizona. They got some intriguing bats. They got some intriguing little pieces uh, in play there. I, I feel uh, feel like Arizona can sneak up on some folks. People are going to be mad at me, but I want to play the underdog. Dodgers second place, Padres in first place. That is my NLS prediction. I'm playing to win or to inspire because if the Dodgers get in first place, then I say I said that so they have bulletin board material, and I never look like the bad guy. Wow. Hey, I respect it. I respect <laughs> it, right? Look, there's a lot of great Dodgers shows out there, but I don't well, I don't think you're going to see anyone pick a team other than the Dodgers. So you got to respect he's not trying to be Homer Simpson. He's giving you that real non uh, that objective take. So I appreciate that, Clint. You're going to be mad at me. Yeah. No, hey, and honestly, it's That's really good. if you were place, taking your still going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. So going to be the playoffs. We've proven that NOS crowns don't mean dickety. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Blackstreet. Yeah, those um, diggity, but yeah. Yeah, no, look, I mean, they're a team that can absolutely <laughs> win the division. But yeah, I mean, for me, I would go last place. We both agree, I think, to steal a, uh, steal a line from Brad Pitt, who's the GM of the Oakland A's in Moneyball. Mm -hmm. um, no, but uh, there's 50 feet of crap, and then there's us. That is the Rockies in the division. They are going to be well the said. bottom fitter, feeders. And then after that, I'm going with, I really think the Diamondbacks are going to are we going to be the number three team? I really do. I think the Diamondbacks, positive mojo in Arizona. I think the young talent, you look at their rotation, the front of the rotation is good. The bullpen is solid. I don't think they're going to be the reason why they're a terrible team or anything like that. So I'm going to pick the Diamondbacks to be third and the Giants fourth place. I got the Giants in fourth place. And then two, I've got the Padres. I got the Padres. Look, you want to be the champ, you have to beat the champ in this division. We know the Padres. They have, haven't won the division since 2006, so I have to see it first. And I think that they're going to have a really nice year. I think the Dodgers are going to have a better year than most people anticipate just because it is an embarrassment of riches. We have gotten spoiled and jaded a little bit, but there's still tons of all-stars and talent on this team. So I still have the Dodgers winning the division. And I think the Padres and the Damn, Dodgers Homer. are going <laughs> to... It's a good pick. No, it's a good pick. I just, I just believe in my heart of hearts that... This team realizes that it's still beneficial to win the division. You still want to set yourself up for success. And even though we've talked a lot about how, yes, 111 games doesn't necessarily translate to success in the postseason, but you still want to have as much success as you can because if you're having success in the regular season winning games, that does mean that you're probably having success with young talent and you are having bounce back years from some of these players. So I think it'd go either way. Either the Dodgers win the division or they finish well behind the Padres. I don't think it's going to be That's a neck fair. and neck thing. The, the 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 reality for me is, and I talked about it a lot last week as we kind of you know broke down the entire roster. Depth is is outside of starting pitching. The depth is scary for me for 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 this team for a little while. It's like, yeah, if if Trace Trace Thompson doesn't work out, okay, uh, you have Outman there. Uh, but if if both of them don't work out, hey, guess what? Chris Taylor's not good right now, so you're not really gonna be able to put plug him in and center and get a whole lot. Um, if any sort of relief staff injuries happen over the first few weeks of the season, that's terrible. Like, 
Victor Gonzalez is clearly not quite a big leaguer anymore. Uh, and all, all of their best guys are going to be on the IL. You know, they're not, they're not going to rush back. Um, Daniel Hudson, uh, Jimmy Nelson does not know how to throw a strike for the life of him apparently anymore. And then that's kind of it. There's, there's nobody else. Um, Justin Brule is not going to be the guy who you feel confident if, if like Noah and I were talking about uh, a little bit earlier today, like if it's, if it's Evan Phillips, you're, you're effed in the A. If it's Bruce Dar, you're, you're pretty, you're in a pretty decent world of hurt. If it's, Phil Bickford, you could probably survive a little bit, but there's some concern there. There's some massive concern there. As you get deeper into the season, it gets a little bit later. You're going to have some guys. Alex Reyes told us, you know, at some point he, he's hoping, uh, they're hoping for June, July. Um, beyond that, maybe a Blake Trinan, most likely not. Beyond that, maybe a Walker Bueller finds his way into the bullpen to end the season, most likely not. So there's just like, and, and by that point, you know, you're, you're in trade deadline, but yeah, no, all of those things are definitely correct. And there's a lot of ifs, a lot of questions. But if they do struggle, they do have an ability to address needs. They can either go and tap into the trade market or you have reinforcements on the way the guys come back to injury. Like you mentioned, not a lot of people talking about Alex Ray is enough. JP Fire Eisen is a Fire guy that can go in yeah. and produce later in the year. Walker Bueller, the young talent emerging. How about guys continuing to trend in the right direction? The Will Smiths of the world. So definitely, I like the talent on this team. I think it's better equipped to handle a postseason run because I think that there is potential in these bats because look, there's a world where James Alvin could emerge as a guy that if he's an average bat, he's an upgrade to Cody Bellinger. And if you look at David Peralta, yeah, I think that is some guy that he's a guy that needs to prove that he can still get it done offensively. But look, I think the Dodgers, they have the formula in the regular season. They know how to win regular season baseball games. And also, too, a lot of tanking teams out there. And I just yeah. think this Dodger team, they go out there and they execute and they know that winning in the regular season matters. So I still think this is the team to to beat in the National League West. I know that you look at this Padres team, that's the trendy team. That's the different team. Yeah, that's yeah. the team that you want to consider going with. But I think this Dodger team, they really have everything in place to at least win this division. I'm not saying that this team is constructed right now to win the World Series, and they very well could. I still would tweak the roster to win the World Series, but I still think you look at this talent. I mean, the Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman are two top 10 players. They're debatably two top five players. I think, yes. Noah's, look, the thing too is one thing I'm focusing on too is this rotation. Usually it's the second year when you come back from a Tommy John injury that you really start to ha get yeah, that. I, back. I like the rotation. I think that's going to be a strength for this team, but, and, and yeah, the top of the lineup is going to be pretty damn solid, especially if Muncie is back to being, you know, all-star that funky Muncie which I feel extremely confident about him doing that. I think I've said on this show already a few times, uh, I think he leads the team in, in homers this season and he's going to feel, yeah, he's going to feel real good and we want him to do well because he's a friend of ours now, but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. And, and Will's going to take another step forward. Like you feel good about that, but again, like outfield is a little wonky, but it's really the bullpen that scares me the most. Um, I'm, 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 I'm kind of excited to see David Peralta as a Dodger. Yeah, I, I think he can do. He and can look, do some let's, things. Let's be honest. You really here. hope that Miguel Vargas just keeps doing what he's doing. Just fly under the radar. Be be good, not great. Be good, not terrible.
Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that his bat-to-ball skills, the thing about Vargas is people were pointing to some of his numbers during his cup of coffee last year, and yes, they weren't great, but his peripherals as far as the hard contact, his exit velocity numbers, they were great. He hits line drives, he gets his bat on the ball, and I think he's going to have success. But also, I mean, can you, from an optic standpoint, can you really visualize a world where they lose to the Padres after winning just one game, after winning 111 games, yeah. and they're acting like this little brother label? To me, they're not even little brother. They're like a, a adopted cousin, like twice removed, something like that, right? I mean, they're not a little brother or anything like that, but I think this team is competitive. I think they have a lot of guys with fire, and they want to reestablish themselves as, hey, we are a team that is going to go deep into the postseason, and hopefully they play like they have something to prove. And I love the fact that you have this this young talent that has to say that's, that's still unproven. I think there's a lot to like <laughs> about this team, whereas years past, everyone's role was pretty much set in stone. We knew what we were going to get from certain guys. Yeah. I think the variance and kind of the potential with this team makes it so intriguing. And I think Noah Syndergaard's a guy, like I said, for our fantasy team, hopefully I was thinking we, we draft Noah Syndergaard <laughs> and our fantasy team is Cinder Guardians of the Galaxy. What do you think? No? Is that no? Cinder, that, Cinder Guardians of the Galaxy? It's a, it's a, it's a mid from, uh, from, from Noah. From Noah, okay. All right, well, we're going to end the show here on a ah. super chat because... We got another one, Sammy, Sammy Boy, Necrone99, a.k.a. Sammy Boy. Probably said that wrong, but $5 Super Chat. Appreciate you. Thank you. Man, 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 man. Says CT3, KT3, FT3. Ooh. Some of those words we can't say on this show. Wow. Letters. But appreciate the Super Chat. Yeah. Uh... So should we get out on our wins prediction, though? Oh, we're doing wins? I mean, what do you think? I don't remember what I said last time, but I'm down to change it. You go first. Okay, I'm going to go with 97 wins. Oh, wow. I'm taking the under on that. That's fine. Uh, I think I said I'm going to stick with uh, 93. I like 93 wins 93. for your Los Angeles I Dodgers. I over-under is like 94 and a half, so. so. I'm taking the under under. So taking the under? 93 wins for your Dodgers. I know you want 87, to be honest, yeah, so they can yeah. they can go all the way. Noah says 93. You got 93? How about Just you, Noah? What, how, many, how many we got before we get out of here? 111. 111. Come on, Let's come on. Go. Running back. Running back. Somebody, so that makes sense. They did the double 106 with the 20, the, the 43 games in between. I mean, it's happened before. You got it. You got it, man. 162. That's pretty bold from Joseph over on 85 YouTube. wins from Keen. 85. 88 from Bruce Davis. Um, yeah, both. But I just realized I said 93 and then you said 93. Hey, brilliant minds. Let's post at the same time on Facebook. 90 for D Daniel DKM Lawrence. says, are we going to opening day? Uh, he will be there. This guy will be covering from Dodger Stadium on opening day. So check it out. Make sure you're subscribed here on YouTube. Uh, the, the spot you really want to see the, the good stuff uh, on opening day will be on Instagram. So that's at Dodgers Nation on Instagram. Follow us at Dodgers Nation on Twitter. Um uh, Adam says 111 wins. Daniel says 90 wins. Good one. Kevin says 92 wins. Um, you know, that's all we got. Hey, I, this team's going to win a lot of games, but not really 90, 95 wins. The hundreds like the new 95, right? So you're seeing win totals go up around the league, but, uh, yeah, hopefully whatever it takes to win the division, whatever it takes, whatever it takes to win a world series. That's what I care about. It's all about the 11 in October, right? That's right. Hey guys, appreciate you hanging out with us as always find us on the internet, dodgersnation.com. If you read stuff there, it keeps knowing me and the rest of the people alive quite 
literally. Uh, we are a podcast that is called Blue Heaven Podcast. You can get all of our um, great content made by myself, by this guy, by Noah, by whoever makes the content here in the in the fine studio here at 110studio.la. We are on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, everywhere your podcasts are available for free. Again, we are on YouTube, youtube.com slash Dodgers Nation TV. Subscribe, hit the bell, leave a like, leave a comment, tell your grandma, tell your grandma's cousin's uncle's friend. If they go to bingo, they can be watching us in the background. I am real FRG on Twitter and Instagram. That guy is DMAC underscore LA on Twitter and Instagram. Follow at Noise by Noel on all of the, the social spots because he's dropping fire all the time about all of your Los Angeles sports teams. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for your super chats. Mr. Ross Jr., Kevin, uh, the last guy whose name just escaped me right now. Uh, who? Sammy boy, there it is. There's too many names in there. Appreciate you guys, and we will see you. Um, I think Noah and I will probably see you Wednesday, uh, Thursday then for uh, opening day pregame show. Okay, bye. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.